Coming out of Week 8, so many teams are still in the race for the college football playoff. We've got a new frontrunner for the Heisman, and another segment of Oh No! All that and more, here on The Football Podcast. This is The Football Podcast with Max and Dad. Here's your hosts. Welcome to the podcast, guys. I'm Max. And I'm Dad. First quarter. It's time for the recap. We'll start off with number 17, Tennessee versus number 11, Alabama. Tennessee built a 20-7 halftime lead, but Max, as the old saying goes, one half a game does not make. I've just been in the mind of a genius. Alabama would come back in the second half outscoring the Volunteers 27-0, and they would pull away with a 34-20 victory. Yeah, Nick Saban was not going to lose to Tennessee two years in a row. Next up, we had number three, Ohio State, versus number seven, Penn State, and the Buckeyes held the Nittany Lions off 20-12. Penn State just had too little, too late. The Buckeyes did what they do best, which is fight hard, never give up, give themselves a chance, and they finish strong. Ohio State's QB, Kyle McCord, really stepped up in this game. And even without Emeka Ibuka, the Buckeyes still came out with a victory and pushes their win streak over Penn State to make it seven in a row. Yeah, Max, it looks to me that the Ohio State Buckeyes are on a collision course with that team up north for yet another epic battle of undefeated teams. I wonder if Michigan is catching the same signals that I am. Next up, we got the number four Florida State Seminoles beats number 16 Duke 38-20. The Seminoles started off slow in the first quarter, but got things rolling in the second and pretty much put the game away in the third, leading the Seminoles to a 7-0 record for the first time since 2013. Yeah, that was the year that the Seminoles won the championship, and they proved to just be too much for the Blue Devils in this ACC matchup. Um, with no other ranked teams on the schedule for Florida State, the Knolls are hoping to not slip up and lose their spot in the college football playoff. Next up, we had number 14 Utah versus number 18 USC. Utah's last second game winning field goal helped clear up the college football playoff by knocking out the Trojans for good. They ask you how you are, you just have to say that you're fine when you're not really fine, but you just can't get into it because they would never understand. USC wanted revenge from last year's Pac-12 championship game, but fell short to the Utes for the third time in a row. This really hurts the chances of Caleb Williams' Heisman repeat, but more on that later. Lastly, we had number 5 Washington barely getting past Arizona State 15-7. The Washington offense produced a season-low 9 points, but the Huskies' defense bailed out Michael Penix Jr. with a 90-yard pick 6 to snatch the victory from the jaws of defeat. Second quarter. It's time for another segment of... Oh, no! This past weekend, Minnesota and Iowa faced off for the 117th time to fight for victory and the pride to hold the Floyd of Rosedale. Bro, what are you talking about, man? It's a bronze trophy in the shape of a pig, which is awarded to the winner of the game each year. Anyways, 
With one minute and 41 seconds remaining in the game, the Gophers led Iowa 12 to 10 and had to punt deep from their own territory. Iowa's dangerous return man, Cooper DeGene, awaited the Minnesota kick. High end over end punt, DeGene not gonna touch it. Until now, little spin down the sideline, got some space, here he comes. Cooper DeGene cuts it back, 25, he's got a chance, he scores. With flashbacks of the great former Hawkeye, Tim Dwight, Iowa's Kinnick Stadium erupted in cheers as DeGene hit a spin move and took the punt all the way back for a touchdown in spectacular fashion. It appeared that DeGene had scored his second game-winning punt of this season. Not so fast! Then, the fans and commentators were in awe and nobody understood or realized what the referees were looking at. Finally, the answer came. After reviewing the play, the returner waved his left hand, which is an invalid fair catch signal. Therefore, by rule, the ball became dead upon recovery. DeGene waved his left arm in an attempt to signal his teammates to get away from the ball. But in doing so, he inadvertently made an illegal fair catch signal, which, although is not a penalty, caused the ball to be dead when it was caught. Oh, no! Remember, kids, if you plan on returning any kicks, make sure not to wave your arms in any way, shape, or fashion. It could cost you a touchdown, or the Floyd of Rosedale Trophy, or even the lead in the division for a conference title. This has been another moment of... Oh, no! Third quarter. The Heisman race is really coming down to about four different players. Number four on our list is Colorado quarterback Shadur Sanders. After a bye week, the Buffs have a tough second half stretch for the rest of the season with three top 25 teams in UCLA, Oregon State, and Utah. Then they also play unranked Arizona and Washington State. And these two teams aren't walks in the park either. Sanders is still in the top five of passing, with 2,450 yards, 21 touchdowns, and only three interceptions. This second half of the season should be telling of what he could show us next year in his senior season. Coming in at number three is Caleb Williams from USC. After losing a second straight game, it seems that USC's QB is losing ground on repeating as the nation's best player. In the most recent loss to Utah, Williams was a non-factor with zero touchdowns and zero interceptions. The reigning Heisman winner will need a phenomenal finish to his season if he wants to repeat. He's fifth in the nation with 2,277 yards, 23 touchdowns, and only four interceptions. Next up is Washington's QB, Michael Penix Jr., With the Huskies' defense pulling out the 15-7 victory over Arizona State, Washington stays undefeated and their hopes of the college football playoffs are still alive. Penix Jr. didn't have that great of a game with zero touchdowns and two interceptions. He leads the nation in passing yards with 2,576 yards, 20 touchdowns, and five interceptions. And a new number one on our list is none other than QB from LSU, Jaden Daniels. He's so hot right now. After only playing one half against Army, 
Daniel still had three touchdowns and nearly 300 passing yards. He's just three passing yards behind Penix Jr. And the number two passer in the nation has 2,573 yards with 25 touchdowns and only three interceptions. His 521 rushing yards leads all QBs, and he leads the nation in all-purpose yardage with 3,094 total yards. With their biggest test coming up on November 4th against Bama, Daniels can leave everyone behind with a stellar performance and a victory. You like that? You like that? Fourth quarter. What's your prediction? First up at 12 o'clock, we got number six, Oklahoma, taking on the Kansas Jayhawks. This is the big noon Saturday game of the week, and Oklahoma is coming off of a close game against the UCF Knights. And Kansas is coming off of their second loss of the season against Oklahoma State. And this week against the Sooners is going to be the biggest home game of the season. And my predictions are having the Jayhawks beating the Sooners at home for the upset of the week. I like that pick, Max, because this week is upset week for Dad. The Sooners barely got out alive last week, and I have a feeling that they have not quite learned their lesson yet. So I'm saying rock chalk Jayhawk. Wow, what does that mean? And taking Kansas in the upset. Next up at 3.30 p.m. is number one Georgia versus unranked Florida. I'm going with the Bulldogs here. Carson Beck really proved himself as the certified QB1 for Georgia. And this week against Florida, he will cook something up for that Gator defense. You know, Georgia has been ranked number one for 19 straight weeks. Oh, good for you! I feel that if there's ever a time to beat Georgia, it's going to be this weekend as Bowers is still out. And who better to throw an old monkey wrench in the SEC East race than Billy Napier and the Florida Gators. I'm taking the Gators in whatever they call this game now down in Jacksonville, Florida. Next up, still at 3.30, we got number eight, the Oregon Ducks, at number 13, the Utah Utes. I'm going with the Utes at home. Cameron Rising is still not back from his torn ACL injury, but that doesn't fool me into picking the underdogs in this match. Yeah, Max, the Utes are riding high after their last second victory over USC, and I think Utah will continue to ride high with this upset. Still staying at the 3.30 area, we got number 20, Duke, at number 18, Louisville. I'm going to go with the Duke Blue Devils here, mainly because of their explosive offense led by their star QB, Riley Leonard. He was carving up the FSU defense the first quarter, and later in the game, he got temporarily injured. If the Duke O-line can step up their game and protect Leonard, the Blue Devils have this game in the bag. I like that pick again, Max. Duke beat Clemson to start the season, but they've had some struggles against other ranked opponents. I feel the Blue Devils will overcome this week and upset the Cardinals in Louisville. Next up at 7 p.m., we got number 5, Washington versus unranked Stanford. I'm going to go with the safe pick here. I'm going to go with the Huskies. By the second half, Washington should have their backup and no need to worry about this game for the Huskies. Actually, I'm going in the other direction, Max. Stanford always loves to pull an upset midway through the season and I'm going to take the Cardinal or the Trees or whatever they call themselves these days over the Huskies in the biggest upset of the week. 
Last at the 7:30 spot, we got number three Ohio State taking on the Wisconsin Badgers. Ohio State just had a huge win against Penn State, and they might get a Mecca Egbuka back this week. Ohio State has way too many weapons for the Badgers defense to keep up with. Easy win for the Buckeyes on the road. Well, Wisconsin always plays the Buckeyes tough. <laughs> But I'm taking the Buckeyes. Thanks for joining us this week. Subscribe, follow us, and click that notification button to know when new episodes drop each week. This is Max. And this is Max's dad. Thanks for listening.